0: Everyone, welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results, and they're all aligned to our nine principles framework. I'm excited to welcome today's guest back to the show, Terry Morgan. Terry is the superintendent of Hardin County Schools in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. She recently joined us on the podcast to discuss her district's work with Girls Inc. She shared about how her team partnered with leaders in the state, along with corporate partners, to help girls explore 38 ways to graduate career ready. If you missed it, check out episode 288 to hear firsthand from Terry the incredible difference it's making for young women in her school district. Today, We've invited Terry back to share about her district's improvement journey. She has been a partner with Student Education since 2018. She's known for her collaborative leadership style and her passion for making student-centered decisions in her school district. As part of today's conversation, we'll hear how Terry has used scorecards to drive improvement and how she's applied the nine principles to manage great change within her district. So I'm so glad to have Terry back on our show today.
1: So Terry, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you with us today. It's it's great to be back. I'm looking out and there's sunshine and it's about 50 degrees, so we'll take it. Yes, yes. I tell you
0: what, after the cold Christmas that we probably all experienced, still still trying to manage to our plants. I don't know about you, but here in Florida, we've got some tropicals that just
1: didn't quite like that,
0: like the 20s.
1: I can share that we had many schools that had pipes that did not like the 26 below zero freezing wind chill. so. Oh gosh, yeah, I can't, even,
0: I mean, for you, you get cold, but not like the cold that that you had, you know, that we all had. No, it was uh, pretty incredible. Um, So, you know, going to talk a little bit about some of the the change leadership work that you've done and how you've really led the district to achieve um, results and built the improvement components into your district. So let's start, um, Terry, if we if we can. We know Hardin is a high performing school district and consistently remains high performing. And and I know you use scorecards to drive that
1: improvement and looking at results. Can you talk a little bit about how you do that with your team? Yes. You know, the scorecards have just made us much more intentional. Uh, By getting into the cadence of looking at the scorecard every other month, uh, we can see the progress. We write down the action steps that we're going to take, and then we give those very specific attention. And then it's so rewarding at the end of those two months. You can go, did these actions have the effect that we wanted? And when you see that, in your cadence of, yes, it's working, we can see student achievement, we can see student engagement increase, it validates the work that we're putting in. Before we have a district improvement plan, it's required by the state, you have to go in two times a year and monitor that. And what we found is that it really wasn't a living, breathing document, but yet our scorecards are really living, breathing, fluid documents to where we're making those adjustments right in the middle and saying, hey, this this has worked really, really well. And when you go into your scorecards and you're highlighting that green and you're having that success, it's really rewarding for our principals, for our teachers, and of course, you know, for here at our central office.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as I think about that, you're right. When we have just the plans, it's almost compliance based. Right. We're just kind of writing what we do versus really looking at the results and and talking about those. And sometimes, Terry, people ask me, you know, how do we motivate how do we build a motivational workplace? And I, you know, I usually say when we look at the results and we engage people in discussions about, how we're trending toward those results. People automatically become engaged because they want to know what they're trying to achieve and they want to achieve that. So they're they're they like those
1: conversations. Have you found that with your team? Oh, absolutely. But you know, just equally important is to know when things aren't working. You don't wait six months to find out, wow, that didn't work. We should have changed it months ago. We make those changes on the spot, and then we can start to see those improvements. And so you have both ways. You have the positive of where your action steps immediately led to change, but then you also have those steps that go, that didn't give me the bang for the buck that I anticipated. Stop doing it. Don't continue and let's talk to our colleagues to find out what action steps are you taking that will lead to that positive change
0: yeah that's that's um i'm sure that's a that's one one way to really continue to build those discussions and look at the improvement cycles you know the other the other part to change is looking at i'm sure as you've looked at results then you're looking at how do we make some of the the changes within our structure that make sense so that we can achieve results. So I know you've consolidated, you know, some of your departments as you've moved forward with your strategic plan. Uh, that's difficult to do, but can you talk a, and that and takes courage, Terry. So can you talk a little bit about how you did that and why that was important?
1: Yes. Well, we had an individual who was our third associate superintendent uh, to leave us for a different profession. And it just made sense to me that in place of having three associate superintendents that we would go with two because the third associate was dealing with human resources and student services. And I just viewed student services as being part of the instructional services department. Those two just fit well together. And then when you take human resources, it works so well with your finance and your payroll. Those people really need to communicate. So to have the associate over, and we call it operations, Uh, Mm -hmm. To have that person over human resources and operations, finance, payroll, those type of things, it just made sense. And then we also took student services, which deals with maybe student truancy, alternative programs, those type of things. It really fits into what we were doing instructionally. So there is a really uh, tightness between those uh, different groups now that we didn't have before. The other thing that we found, um, one of the pillars on our scorecard was to improve our processes and procedures. I know some people have put technology or school safety, but we were really lacking in processes and procedures. Uh, We would have And this is a sad example, but we would have a student pass away and we would go, oh, how do we handle that? Mm -hmm. And so we just said, what is our process every single time this happens? We need to have this in place. Well, the same thing happened with replacing or eliminating one of those associates. We found out that we did not have a good cross-training between our employees. So when one person would walk away, we were stuck, we didn't have the information to move forward. So one of the processes and procedures that we have is cross training. So for example, in our human resources department, we used to have an individual who did classified uh, processing, and another person did certified processing. And now we have changed that to where One person does half of the district, both classified and certified, and the other person does the other half of the school district, certified and classified. Mm -hmm. So having the scorecard and having the processes and procedures as part of that has really strengthened us as a district to where if somebody walks away, currently we have a person out with surgery And their department is moving right ahead um, because the other person is trained in the exact same job that she was doing. So, again, it was just really valuable for us to take a look at what positions we had and where and how they would fit nicely together. Yeah. And that shows that shows great alignment and,
0: you know, the consistency of the practices there, you know, because what tends to happen Which you didn't do. You let the results in the scorecard and the conversations drive the decisions. Sometimes what tends to happen with restructuring is people are saying this isn't working. Let's change our structure. Well, that's not working. So let's change our structure again. Well, that's not working. Let's change our structure again. And that's not what you did. You really let the the identification of improved processes connected to the scorecard and the conversation drive the right structure. Uh, So. Yeah, that's, is that right, Terry?
1: Absolutely. You know, it just, uh, we were really trying to be proactive and we took the opportunity as it presented itself. You never want to non-renew someone to make something to happen. So when this opportunity, we were like, this is the best time. And we did it on a probationary period and said, hey, let's see if this works. We wanted to make sure we weren't overworking our two associate superintendents. And what they said is it actually works better because those (laughs) conversations are happening on a regular basis and they too have a scorecard. So they work with their departments together to say, how can we make that payroll from processing to that person actually getting their first check? How can we make that more streamlined? So we have made some changes based on just putting those two groups together. And that would not have happened had have we not taken that first step of combining those departments.
0: Yeah, that's that's fantastic. You know, as you so you're talking about one um, kind of pillar of your scorecard, and I know like workplace environment and climate. You know, is is another emphasis area. So, in as you've worked directly with the schools, you know, how have you managed the employees through those climate surveys or those workplace engagement
1: surveys? Right. In Hardin County, we actually do three surveys. We have a district services survey, which is done in the fall. And that is actually on the services we offer here at our central office. And the reason that's important for our schools is because it wouldn't be fair for us to survey at the school level without doing it here at the district example, uh, the district level as the example. So they see how we handle it. Uh, Yes, sometimes it's very difficult when you do a survey and you don't get those fives across the board and you you see some of those lower areas and even though they're not really low they're the lowest on the scorecard so it says you know what steps do we need to take to improve that so we set the example and then the second survey survey we have is the employee engagement survey and then of course we have our parent satisfaction survey and the employee engagement survey is great for our schools because it gives us an eye into what our teachers are feeling and seeing and our classified folks are seeing in the buildings each day we get powerful information so the one thing that Studer has taught us that is so valuable to me is after you do these surveys you go in and share the results with the people who took the surveys And I know that sounds so simple, but that is something that I had never been a part of before. I had taken multiple surveys and never knew the results and thought, wow, I must be the only person who suggested that because they haven't made any changes based on what I put in there. Well, when you go back and share these results with those individuals, You're asking really uh, two questions. What did we do? And this is coming from the district. What did we do as a district that led to this being a positive area? And they will share with you, oh, you do this. You return your phone calls within 24 hours. Uh, You come and visit the schools. They really are great with sharing with you what you did that led to those positive results. And then you turn it around and you show them the lowest area and you say, what did we do or not do that led to these results? And, you know, one of the things that has happened, they some of our schools said, well, you're not available during lunch. If we call from 12 to 1, uh, nobody answers their phone. So what did we do? We put it on our scorecard that we would be available during that time period. So some actions that our associate superintendents put into place and we have at my office is that we have a staggered lunch schedule now. Very simple but if you look at our scorecard that is no longer an area that we are falling low in because we made the necessary changes to get those positive results but the people really like the opportunity to share their thoughts and they like the opportunity to know that you cared enough to ask them, but you cared even more to follow up with what they shared with you. So it's just incredibly powerful. Yeah, and that's, and it's so, you're right. And they can see, when they see
0: the actions, you know, that's, they'll go back and continue to fill out the survey because they know that what you're gonna listen, you're gonna understand, and you're gonna follow up and act on it. So that's a great example. You know, that's, that's one of the, of the core tactics um, as part of the nine principles, Terry, as we've talked about, you know, what's another tactic that you think has been really important as you have
1: continue to move on the, the improvement journey in Harden? I think the uh, being intentional about our actions is probably the most important. Uh, reviewing those actions uh, to see if they're actually making a difference is really what we have found to be the most advantageous uh, for us that really helps us see our gains uh, that we're doing there. I would also say that, again, reviewing that scorecard on a consistent basis and changing those actions uh, have been really important for the process that we're doing. We, um, two years ago, implemented a new uh, phonics program for our students here in Hardin County. And it was very, very intense training. And some of our teachers, when we were going through this, they said, you know, I wonder how long they'll do this before we get rid of it. And Mm -hmm. I had to say, this is not going away. And they said, well, we always say that. But then we always change our mind and say, here's the next best thing. And we were able to share with them on the scorecard how the percent of students increasing in their reading achievement was significant. The Mm -hmm. best results that we have seen in years, and that's including COVID years. So we really saw that work. So we have the proof to show we're not going away from this because it is being really successful with our students. So where we try to, in education, jump from one thing to the other, when you have the results and you have those proven results and you take those actions, it was just uh, really amazing to say, nope, this is it and we're sticking to it. Yeah. And so,
0: so important because we move away from kind of a bad habit sometimes that we've created in those decision-making processes. And, you know, I think too, Terry. As you think long term, it probably saves saves money in the long run because we're not, you know, buying the next best thing or moving from from program to program. We're really building better financial sustainability and efficiencies within our systems. I'm oh, sure you without a doubt. That. The
1: other thing that we've looked at is we're asking teachers. We just spent approximately a minimum of $1,500 training this one individual teacher. So once they're trained, let's try not to move them to a higher grade level unless you have a really good reason for doing so because then we would lose that training. And so this just keeps us really thinking about what kind of investment have we made in this person to be very talented at teaching at this specific grade level and that has really helped us in again being very strategic in our thinking.
0: Yeah, and that's right. It just really helps us be strategic, you know, instead of reactive to yes. things. I'm so so critical. You know, so I'll close it with this question. Um, you know, I know as a, as you and I've talked I've been almost 3 decades and Leadership, and I tend to find myself say, "Gosh, if I only knew that, <laughs> then you know, I would have done this, or I would have been a lot better leader." Um, but as as you think about the partnership and a longstanding, more mature partner of ours, and what you know about improvement now, you know that that what do you know now that you wish you would have known, and maybe started you know years ago, just as a way to build reflective um, conversation with our with our listeners.
1: Well, I think having the strategic scorecard and having your four pillars in there, and we spent a lot of time deciding what what is it that we really want to focus on. I know at one point uh, before working with Studer, we sort of did what they call the spray and pray. We sprayed everything out there and we (laughs) prayed that something would happen as a result, but we really did not track What was leading to those great results? So a lot of times we were doing well, but we weren't aware of how well we were doing. So as we said earlier, we went to the next best thing. So by tracking this information and being very methodical in this process of where every other month you're looking at your actions, you're seeing what actions, um, what results those actions have had it is just really powerful um, for us. So I would say the intentionality of tracking everything that we're doing and making sure that it's getting the results that we want has been the best part of this.
0: Yeah, and just as you think about, as I think about listening to you and you just naturally now, Terry, just walking through and answering these questions, you know, that what I really love about this conversation is as you've practiced it over the years, it's it's not a matter of you have, it's a habit, right? It's a habit of practice of what you do. This is just the way we do things and the way we do business. And we've trained our leaders and our leaders just engage in that process, which really builds a better place for people to come to work and to help students be successful and reach out to their families to build those connections, that that's just natural and a habit of practice. Not that it's easy, <laughs> it takes a lot, right? It takes a lot of
1: work, but I just it really does. Grow. And that is something yeah. that we had never done before we had really never gotten into that cadence of reviewing the work in a timely manner and that has been very important for this success is it's not going away yes every other month we're going to come back to this scorecard and you know at first they're like ah but then (laughs) when they start highlighting oh my gosh we've done this we've made Mm -hmm. progress in this area that is the satisfaction that we're looking for Yes, and you've done you and your team.
0: You've done the heavy lifting um, to move it forward in the in the most positive way that gets good results. And when people ask me, you know what I what I say, this works, right? It works because you're engaging in the right discussions, trying to trying to achieve the right dis- results, and you're bringing your people together. And you have done that exceptionally well. Model for other people to follow. Thank you so much for for being part of the show today. I know we all can learn a lot from you. Thank you.
1: Uh, I greatly appreciate and I appreciate the people doing the work to make this happen. You know, it's not just here at the central office, it's every one of our schools, every one of our departments, and everyone working toward those common goals uh, really makes a difference. Thank you. Thank you, Terry,
0: for what you provided us today. And I hope you all, as listeners, Really got a lot out of the work that Terry and her team and the Hardin School District is, is doing. It's a, a great example of how to build the improvement process and connect it to prioritizing workplace culture and service to others uh, to really be an excellent school district. So appreciate Terry for being on our show today. Uh, we've got some events coming up this year. And That we'd love to see you at. Destination High Performance Higher Education will be happening June 6th and 7th at our annual What's Right in Education Conference and it's scheduled October 26th through 28th at our Pensacola Beach. That's our What's Right in Education Conference that's focused on our K-12 colleagues. October 26th is when that starts. I'm really excited about these two events. Uh, always great to have our partner colleagues with us and presenting and being able to network with others of you who join us for those two days of the year for higher education and for K-12. And great to again, have you in our hometown in Pensacola. So I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles framework so
1: that we can be our best at work. Have a great weekend, everyone.